Hello and welcome back to the hashtag Black Women Know Sports podcast. I'm Jaden James and on today's episode, I am joined by Mariah Pearson. Mariah is a senior at North Carolina A&T State University graduating in May and is majoring in kinesiology. As Mariah is finishing up her studies in kinesiology, she hopes to become a football strength and conditioning coach. I started off our conversation by asking her, when did this passion begin? So I was an athlete for like majority of my life. I did gymnastics for like over 10 years. I ran track. I did cheerleading. I was actually a cheerleader at A&T for, uh, for a quick little year. And then I actually, once I stopped training as an athlete, um, I ended up coaching. I coached gymnastics for, I think, almost two years or a year and a half. Um, and they kind of just threw me into it. There wasn't like a, here's how to coach. It was just kind of like, you've done it for so long, you should know what to do. So um, I was coaching ages, oh my gosh, my youngest athlete was like five and my oldest was 13. And so it was just like class stuff. But of course I had parents that reached out to me asking for like, because the girls that wanted to be on team or girls that wanted to compete. And so there were certain types of training that I had to alter for all of my gymnasts. And I really enjoyed the process of being able to coach them and essentially be in control of like all of their training, all of their skill progression, like all everything, um, all the administrative work too. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And from there, I was like, okay, well, what kind of profession is there that I can do this and, you know, you know, make a living off of it and also really enjoy it at the professional level. And that was when I found strength and conditioning because I used to want to be a physical therapist. And then I was like, I don't know if that's quite what I want to do anymore. Um, I found strength and conditioning and noticed that rather than being a physical therapist where I would be essentially like fixing somebody that's hurt themselves or if they've broken something, I would get to be a coach where I can prevent those injuries from happening through my training. Um, and so I thought that it would be a better idea to be proactive than reactive. Um, so then I flipped my <laughs> my interest to coaching and my major um, to exercise science rather than pre-physical therapy. And now I'm here <laughs> working in football. Um, what is the most exciting thing about what you do? Probably, I think just the atmosphere of game day is really exciting. Like the hustle and bustle of preparing for game day, especially big games. Like if you go to a you know about Jiho. Everybody knows about our homecoming. Um, so that was a fun game to prepare for. Getting to travel with the team is always a lot of fun. So probably just just the atmosphere that surrounds it. Like it does get a little hectic sometimes, but that's kind of fun because it keeps you on your toes. But that's probably the most exciting part. Traveling and just the game day experience. I really enjoy it. So you talk about game day experience. I want you to take me through a typical day in your life through game day. Like, how is it like? What time do you wake up? When does everything end? Something like that. That is, oh my goodness. So it also depends on what time the game is. So I think the earliest that I'll wake up on a game day is probably maybe like seven. Not too, it's not, it's not too bad. Um, wake up at seven. I usually try and grab something to eat because there we're like on go as soon as we get to the facility. Um, so I'll make something to eat. I'll get ready. I'll like pack a bunch of stuff because I'll, there's clothes we wear before we start the game to like prepare everybody. And then there's clothes that you wear during the game when everybody matches and everything. Um, so I'll prepare that. I'll get to the stadium. Usually when we're there, we're starting with really like athletes will come in if they want to get stretched or they want to do, you know, any kind of mobility stuff. We'll work on that with them, getting like all of the game day passes handed out to everybody, getting all the, all of the administrative stuff starts in the beginning. And then towards the game time, we actually have like a pretty set schedule of how everything rolls. So we have 
guys come out and they'll do like a full team warm up and then they have like group warm ups. It's very like very tentative that we do it a specific way. So that's really fun. And then they'll all come into the locker room and then of course they do like their locker room you know, pregame amp up situation, get all their snacks if they need anything like quick to munch on before the game. And then that's pretty much when the game starts. Like they'll have, they have a lot of, the athletes have a lot of downtime in between uh, when they're not warming up. It's more so like hustle and bustle for coaches and like admin. So they kind of get to chill a little bit, but when it's game time, they, they're out there and they're ready to roll. So like, I know I have to go out there. I help set up, uh, excuse me, quarterback prep. So I'm getting them ready while the other guys are at their different little, like, prep stations. It's a lot. But once we get all that out the way, it's game time. We're locked in. We run out with the guys. We're pretty much on the sideline kind of maintaining them if they need anything, stretching them if they need to be stretched. Or, you know, we kind of work as, like, aides at that point in time where whatever they need is what we got to focus on. Um, and then we also help with whoever, with whoever is like going up to go up for the next play. We got to get them set up. So it's a whole, it's a whole process. So whenever they're on the field, do you stand kind of on the sidelines where Coach Brown and other people may stand? Yeah, I'm right there with. I'm probably behind him. If you can't see me, that's where I'm at. <laughs> wow. Like in the mix with the players, because um, we have to maintain the sidelines. So there's a certain point that the players can't cross, or there's possibly look at flags thrown at them. Um, so we have to maintain the sideline, but we're also like, like, I'm the type of person, like I'll grab a water bottle from AT and just like have it on me in case one of them like needs water. I really do everything, a little bit of everything. Like if somebody's helmet gets messed up, I'll run and I'll take it to equipment. Like, yeah, we're down there with them, like right on the sideline. <laughs> I want to know what went into your decision to go to a and Oh, that's such a great question. Well, I knew that I wanted to go to an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister went to Howard. And then I have a cousin that went to Southern. So, you know, and we're like the first generations of people in our family to go to college. So I knew the importance of going to an HBCU. And I knew the importance of going to an HBCU that was large and was making an impact on not only like Black students, but Black culture in general. Um, so I chose a and Of course, we have like an amazing STEM program at our school. Uh, so I selected it based off of that. And like, I, I think I toured a and when I was like in middle school. And I stepped on campus and I was like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I love this. And so it was like from that moment on, I knew where I wanted to go. Because for the longest time, I thought it was going to be a bison. (laughs) That didn't happen, um, thankfully. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, it was, I enjoyed the energy in the atmosphere of campus. And, you know, whenever I brought A&T up, somebody knew about it. You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it was always positive things that were said. And people spoke really highly of like the, energy of the school like people always talked about homecoming and at that time I had no clue what that was um but just in general like the the network of alumni that we have and the people that are involved in every small part and intricacy of ANT like they're all willing to help you and we just got a, a really good like group of resources at ANT and so you know I realized that after I had gotten here but I'm, now that I'm here I'm just glad that you know, I'm very glad that I chose this school. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth here, especially as a student interested in pursuing a career in like professional anything. There's so many people that see the A&T logo and they're like, oh yeah, whatever you need, let me know. So exactly. very glad I chose to go here. Yeah, no, that's so true. I mean, I just graduated from A&T and I will say, I mean, the connections you get from being a student at A&T is amazing. Absolutely. Everyone feels like family. I mean, yeah. And everybody yells out Aggie pride when they see your stuff on. Yeah, they all do it. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice that you've gotten or received as a coach? I have two. 
Okay. The first one is how you do anything is how you do everything. Um, and the second one is just making sure that you're being authentically yourself um, in, you know, whatever you decide to pursue, but especially within coaching, because if you're not authentic and you're not being real, like your athletes will see right through that. Like they, I mean, and for me, I'm working with people that are like my age. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have the option to like be phony with them because one, this was not my personality anyway, but they see right through it and they'll, they, they gravitate towards authenticity. So when you're being your true self, and you're being who you are and you're talking to them how you would want somebody to speak to you and, you know, like treating them like they're a person, um, they gravitate towards that. And with how you do anything is how you do everything is very true, you know, because the the professionalism that you have to maintain at work and how you have to kind of learn to code switch and, you know, in personal life and in professional life, like all of that applies to everything. You know, it's not just coaching, but also like, because I'm also in the process of applying to grad schools, like it's there too. It's, you know, when you're networking with people that you, that could get you in the higher places, like you have to make sure that you're maintaining a certain level of professionalism and a certain level of, you can also throw your personality in there too. You know, I don't have to be a robot, but you know, how you interact with, with people that you don't know and how you interact with people that you do know, like that's very important. Like how you do anything is how you do everything for sure. And as an intern, are you looking up to anyone right now? Like who is kind of maybe your mentor right now in this position? Oh my goodness. That's a great question. So I have a couple, I have a good number of them. Um, of course, our previous strength and conditioning coach, um, coach Ferris Ali, he's, I'm on, I'm on the phone with him constantly. <laughs> I'm always talking to him. Just some people that I've met along the way, because I've also interned at the University of Miami. Um, so I'm still in touch with a lot of their staff. Who else? I've I've actually met Autumn Lockwood. She is the I think she's the first black woman to be a strength coach in the NFL. Mm. Pretty sure. And I met her when I was at Miami, and so she works with the Eagles. So I've gotten to speak with her. Um, there are also like a bunch of other like really dope black women in sports, just that aren't even on the coaching side that I've gotten to interact with and meet that I'll like hit up if I have questions or like, you know, want to know more about something or a specific part of the industry that I'll reach out to. So there's a lot. I got I was blessed to have a great group of resources of, you know, that I can interact with on a regular basis <laughs> that I can harass with questions. What does it mean to be a black woman in sports for you? It's different. It's hard. Part of it is really hard, but it's also a lot of fun. Um because I like I also, you know, post my con content that I make about game days on like, my social media platforms. So I'll get a lot of young women that reach out to me and they're like, how do I do what you do? And like, what? and I'm like, I'm still figuring this stuff out myself, honestly. Um, but of course I always, you know, make it a priority to be a resource to other people as well. Uh, but it's definitely like, it's not easy. Like, you know, you have to maintain a certain level of professionalism, but you also kind of have to be personable too, but you can't be too much of one or the other because then, you know, it's, it's very different being in a field that is, you know, predominantly male and of course, predominantly white. Um, but I definitely think that with us being on the come up and, you know, working in sports, because I know there's, it looks like there aren't a lot of us, but there's a lot of us. We're just all spread out. Yeah. Um, we're everywhere, <laughs> but usually it's like where there's one person that's in, you know, operations and we got one in nutrition and we got one in strength and conditioning. So we're everywhere. Um, it's just that we were so spread out. But um, that's why I think it's so so important for us to create a network, you know, of Black women that are, you know, working in not even just football, but other sports in general, too, to just be in touch with and, like, be real with about, you know, what goes on in the industry. Because it's not peaches and cream all the time, um, even though we have to make it look that way. 
it's definitely an industry that, you know, needs more light, needs more diversity. And I say this to like everybody that I speak with, I definitely think that a coaching staff and, you know, administrative staff should reflect the athletes. It's hard for them to communicate with or, you know, connect with somebody that doesn't understand their experience. Um, and that's part of the reason why I do what I do, because so many of them can relate to me. Like, of course, on an age basis, because we're all in school together, but also like, you know, other, I'm able to understand what they're going through as a student too, you know, and I can sit with them and be like, okay, are you good? Like, do you need anything? Like, that's the main thing I ask them. I'm like, are you good? You, you all right? And they're like, yeah. Like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Not to ask them a couple of times because some people like to hide stuff from me and I don't like that. But... <laughs> that's so important to make sure that they feel seen. Um, I yeah. Think that's an important thing, especially like Black men in general, but you know, Black athletes, you know, sometimes they want to hide behind their, you know, football gear or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that's really important for you to even be taking initiative like that. So yeah. thanks to you for that. Thank you. Thank you. So you talked about maybe going to grad school and then you're graduating um, this May. So yes. I want to know a little bit more about what's next for you and what can people expect? Absolutely. So I think I mentioned it earlier, becoming a strength coach, you also have to get a bunch of certifications and, you know, so right now, that's what I'm working towards mainly. Um, it's called a, you become, you get your CSCS, you become a certified strength and conditioning specialist. It's a lot of letters. But um, once you obtain that, you know, certification, you're essentially able to go and coach wherever, um, in whatever sport as well. Um, and then from there, you can kind of branch off. If you like one sport more than, than another, you can work in like Olympic sports, you can work in football. Um, but there's that. I'm personally more interested in like getting my next degree in nutrition, mostly because I think there's a huge gap in between how athletes perform and what they eat. A lot of them don't understand how important it is for them to be eating proper foods and getting enough sleep and hydrating and things like that. And it directly correlates to how they perform. And I think with being at A&T where we don't necessarily have um, I think we're in the process of getting like a dietitian or nutritionist for athletics, which I'm super excited about. But of course, you know, when we have a lack of resources, you learn to become a resource. And so when I have people that reach out to me, like, what should I eat and what should I do? And I go and I'll look stuff up. And of course, I've taken a nutrition course here as well. But um, and then whatever I don't know or I can't find out, like I reach out to nutritionists like I'm. I've been in touch with a couple people at the nutritionist at, or dietitian, excuse me, at Boston College. Um, I've spoken with the dietitian at Wake Forest, just like, of course, broadening the network, um, getting information from them, what I should do as a strength coach to make sure that I can do what I can to help them in nutrition, even though we don't, as, as of right now, we don't have that resource. Um, so it's huge to make sure that you're networking and like reaching out to people and getting information because I give them, I, I tell the athletes what I know. Um, and so it's a huge responsibility of mine to make sure that I you know, stay up to date on like what's going on in sports science and what's going on in nutrition and how we can train better and train more efficiently, things like that. So that's one of the things that I want to get into. Of course, working at the professional level is also a goal. Um, figuring out, you know, what specific area I want to go into for a minute was difficult because I was a gymnast for so long. I really wanted to be a gymnastics coach. Like I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is it. like, I'm really close with the people that are actually bringing gymnastics teams to HBCU. So I was like, oh, I'm coaching gymnastics. And then I ended up in football. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. for me, it's just making sure that I'm, you know, learning what I can and doing what I can to be the best coach possible for whatever sport I end up getting, you know, 
finding interest in or getting tossed into. So getting a, furthering my education in nutrition, furthering my education in general, just by getting a master's degree, but also finding a graduate assistantship would be great. So I'm looking for that right now. Um, just figuring out like what life is going to look like after graduation, you know, so yeah, yeah. very interesting process. <laughs> You're going to do great. And you were mentioning nutrition. Mm -hmm. Was there a research article published about this specifically with A&T? Because I remember reading something. Yes. Yeah. And I was actually one of the students that helped with some of the research for it. So wow. there's me, yeah, me and a couple other students that actually work in football. Um, one of them, she's was a student AC. She's really great. Dora's, uh, Dora's awesome. And there was one other young lady, Sydney. There's been a couple of us that have like touched on it, helped out. Um, so it's really awesome to kind of be a part of how nutrition is becoming a, an area that's going to be a focus for our athletes. You know, when we didn't even know that that's what we were really doing. Um, we were, kind of, of course, doing it to, you know, broaden our spectrum of knowledge, but also to just like figure out what we wanted to do in life, you know, as professionals. And so it's so cool that I, you know, we've all been a part of that process in bringing nutrition to A&T, especially for athletics, because it's, it's super, it's just so cool. Like when I saw the article, I was like, oh my gosh, when did we, like we did this? So it was, it was all, it's just, it's an, it's an incredible experience, truly. And to be doing it with other amazing young Black women that are like going to go work as doctors and physical therapists. And it's just an awesome network to be a part of. And I'm like so grateful for it because, you know, whenever they have questions for me, I'm like, yeah, this is what we do in football. And whenever I have questions for them, they're like, here's what we do in nutrition and everything else. And I'm like, okay, well. So we're super, I'm super close with them, but I think it is amazing that, you know, we've all been a part of that process, you yeah. know, and, and brought how important nutrition is to light. So I just, I just think it's wonderful. Thing. But yeah, that was an article that you saw. <laughs> I'll definitely put that in the description because I read it and I was like, wow, this is really good research. And to know that you were on it, it's amazing. Yeah, so. we've got a couple of students that have helped out on it. Yeah. You started doing these reels on Instagram and they're amazing. I just want to know, like, what, who pushed you to start launching these reels? Or was it yourself? Like, kind of how it went. When I started making <laughs> reels, one, after not being in athletics for a long time anymore, I was just like, okay, well, I was never left the gym. I was like, well, why don't we just start recording and making content and just seeing, like, how it goes? And, of course, it's, like, not an easy process. Like, it's definitely nerve-wracking because it's like, oh, my gosh, like, I have to put my, like, myself on social media. Like, that's a lot. And then once I got over that fear of like, because it's just like, who's going to say anything? Like, you're like, you know, what What are we af actually afraid of? Like, being great, you know? So um, I started making reels and just making content that I, the one that I enjoyed making and that I think people would be interested in watching. Um, and so, like, it's kind of shifted from, like, my workout stuff to, like, coaching stuff now, especially on, like, my TikTok. That's why I get, people are like, what, how do you do this? Like, how did you become a coach? Um, but the main reason that I do it now is so that people can truly so that people can see it. Um, I fully believe in like the idea that once you see somebody in a position that looks like you, you're like, oh my gosh, I can do that too. Like, I didn't know that that was even a possibility. So like making the content that I make, especially on TikTok, but also on Instagram, um, just me doing what I do and, and having fun while I do it. It's been really cool to see how it's created this safe, like this safe space for other young women to come and reach out to me and be like, how do I become a strength coach? And then I'm, I'm quick to be like, oh, okay, well, here's, you know, the steps that I would advise you to take. Of course, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for resume checking and LinkedIn profiles. Like that's me all the way. So that's like the main thing that I advise, but like the reels and everything, it kind of just, it happened. I just, I don't even know. One day I was like, I just want to post something and see what happens. 
yeah. and people were super receptive to it and I was just like okay well I guess I have to like do this consistently now which I don't mind at all but and like the athletes that are always in my videos they love it they like because I also record some content for like our strength and conditioning Instagram page so once we get that up and running again they they love being on camera so I was just like well if y'all like being on camera and people want to see content and want to know what I do and how I do it then there's no better way to do it than to show them what you guys do on a regular basis so there's been all kinds of content like return to play protocols on there we have like just game just like game day what it looks like and what I do and who I am and how I got my internships like it's all on there so it's super cool to to be able to share that information with other people and to see that they enjoy it is really awesome too right well I'm so proud of you you're doing amazing they are just <laughs> they're amazing they're amazing the last question I have is where can people see you and follow you so they can check out your cool reels and posts and things like that so my Instagram is Mariah Linnell with an underscore at the end. So it's spelled M-A-R-I-A-H-L-Y-N-E-L-L-E and there's an underscore. Pretty long, I know, sorry. But <laughs> that's Instagram. And then I think TikTok is just Fit Girl Raya for right now. Um, so that's F-I-T-G-I-R-L-R-I-A-H. So that's where all my coaching stuff is. But yeah, that's... <laughs> that's everything that's where I am mostly I'm most of my content's on TikTok because it's just easier to send stuff out that way um and I notice there's a lot more reception on TikTok like I'll get a lot more people that reach out to me or people will like find my TikTok but they'll go to my Instagram and DM me through Instagram which is fine too but I think I just think it's so funny but. yeah I know I kind of do the same thing I don't know why I think TikTok DMs I feel like they won't see it as much as they would Instagram yeah I get that because I'll I it's funny because I think I have it set up to where like if it's not somebody that I follow that follows me I won't see it so I like I'll regularly go and I like check the request just in case somebody you know has a question or wants some information or just wants to talk you know so I have to be pretty diligent about that just because I, I'm realizing that I'm becoming a resource now yeah um, and then I've also learned that like once you make content like and it gets seen like it's no longer your content <laughs> like people will because I'll of course you get the notifications that people are like commenting and I'm like oh is somebody like asking me a question and they're like tagging their friends and I'm like oh okay well yeah you know but it's like because that's when I first noticed that your content is never really like your own once people see it it becomes like something that they refer back to and like look at for information and I'm like this is why it's so important that you know I make sure that I'm not careful with what I say but of course making sure that I'm saying what I mean um, and that I'm doing so in a way that people are, can understand it, you know, because I can't just go out, you know, using coaching terminology and they're like, what does that mean? I don't know. You know, so when I'm explaining things on TikTok or I'm, you know, putting stuff on in my Instagram reels, I kind of like use more layman terms for stuff. But it's it's just been awesome to be able to see how many people are like, oh, I can ask for questions. And I'm like, oh, ask me all the questions. Feel free. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not a gatekeeper at all. I will tell you how I got my internship and tell you how I know all these people and and I'll, if you want, you want their numbers, you want to reach out, like I'll email them, for, you know. So that's a huge thing too. Just broadening other people's network while broadening my own. Because it's like, once you come through a door, you kind of got to leave it open because there's other people coming behind you. So you got to make sure that, you know, as Black women, not even as just Black women, but people in general, you know, especially women in general in football, working in coaching spaces is super like, it's super new. So whenever somebody reaches out to me and asks questions. I'm like, here's what I did. Here's exactly how I did it. You know, of course, I tell them to find these resources on their own so they can curate these connections genuinely with these people. Um, but I'm super 
like, yes, everybody come, come with me. Yes. I'm, I'm holding everybody's hand. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. I mean, so you're a researcher, you're a coach and you're an influencer. <laughs> That's amazing. I wish you all the best of luck. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to say? I mean, I may be a couple encouraging words, I think for, you know, just women in sports in general, but especially black women, I think it's so important that, you know, you create safe spaces with each other and are, don't be afraid to reach out to people because I'm quick to send somebody an email like I would love to reach out and talk and, you know I'm quick to do that um and I think that's like the main way that I've curated so many relationships that have gotten me to where I am um and making sure that you know you're reaching out to people that you don't even think will even notice your message um I've reached out to coaches in the NFL that have gotten back to me you know I've got you know, gotten a bunch of different opportunities solely because I spoke to somebody just because I wanted to say, just because I wanted to speak. I would also say definitely ad learn to advocate for yourself. Um, if something doesn't feel right, you know, not, you know, respectfully let somebody know, you know, of course, it's so important for us to kind of maintain this professionalism, but it's even more important that we're making sure these spaces are seeing us and acknowledging us and making sure that you're in a space that's welcoming. You're not just being tolerated, but being welcomed. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's an industry where, you know, there's a lot of guys and majority, a lot of the guys that I've met that I've worked with are super, like, they, they want more women in the field. They want more people of color to work in their field. You know, they want their, they want their offices and their spaces and their coaching staffs to look like their athletes. And so it's so important that, you know, you advocate for yourself as a woman in sports and that you curate these relationships because they're so important. The relationships will take you farther than the knowledge will. Um, which is really insane because, you know, if you meet somebody who knows somebody and you're like, hey, I'm interested in this position or this field of work, they're going to put you in contact with them, you know, if, you know, if they see it fit. So it's super important that, you know, you're talking to people and also making sure that you're doing your research as well on what you want to do, figuring out what you truly enjoy doing. Um, I've had people that reach out to me about athletic training and I'm like, I'll treat the conditioning, but I know some athletic trainers or they'll reach out to me about being a position coach. And I'm like, and that's not exactly what I do, but I can definitely like relate you to some amazing women or amazing coaches in general that know more about that. So definitely like make sure you're reaching out to people that understand or that are doing what you want to do. Um, and not that there's any re any issue if people reach out to me, or, you know, they want to be an athletic trainer, because I do know a little bit about that perspective as well. But, you know, I don't know all the all the medical stuff. <laughs> I'm more of the what do we do in the weight room? How does it help us on the field? And you know, or on the court, wherever we're at, because I've worked with a number of sports. But that's that's my biggest piece of advice, like making sure that you're curating important these relationships, being authentic to yourself, advocating for yourself um, and just, you know, enjoying the process, like having fun, being like allowing yourself to really enjoy what you do. Um, and if you're in a space that doesn't feel comfortable or you don't, you know, it's not conducive to your success, it is OK to leave and go somewhere else. Um, and it is okay to completely change what you want to do too. Cause I used to want to be a physical therapist and now I'm a strength conditioning coach. Like I didn't, for, I didn't foresee that, but am I so glad that it happened? Yes. Because now I'm doing, I'm in a field that I truly enjoy and I'm doing the thing, the very thing that I really wanted to do in the first place was make people's lives better through athletics and just being a resource for other people and being somebody that these athletes can communicate with effectively and just talk to and be another area of support for our athletes. So that's what I'm super excited about. And I'm so glad that I got to talk with you. I'm so, this is wonderful. I absolutely love this. And I love what you're doing by bringing all these amazing people onto your podcast. Like that, 
I absolutely love it. Like I was, when you DM'd me, I was like with my mom and my aunt and I was like, oh my gosh. Cause I had seen, I've seen your podcast before and you've talked to some amazing, like you've talked to like some of the athletes that I work with and some of the amazing women that I've like reached out to and, you know, so it's so, it's so cool. I was like, oh my gosh, she wants to talk to me. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> of course. But, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you and I love what you're doing and I love that you're an A&T alum, of course, but you know. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Black Woman No Sports podcast. To learn more about our speaker or to shop Black Woman No Sports apparel, head over to the links in my show notes. I'll see you next week with another very important guest.